You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Are you guys ready to get in God's Word today? All right, we're starting a brand new series of talks today that I'm really excited about. And um, we've entitled this talk in this, this next couple of weeks, the series we've entitled Show Up Full. Someone say, Show Up Full. Show up full. God, we pray that as we get into your word and as we start this brand new series, God, that you would help us to become a people that can apply the things that we learn here. And that, God, you would use these moments in your word, God, to allow us to live the life that you've called us to live. Jesus, I pray you would touch and anoint. God, help me to preach, but God, help us to lean in and hear what it is you desire to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church, amen and amen. Someone say, show up full. I think if, you, if you're honest with yourself, you're gonna read in scripture over and over again about the fact that God wants you and I to live, to live lives of fullness. Does that make sense? Does that sound familiar? Like God wants you full? Let me, let, me, let me show you in, in Scripture a few places, right? So you read like in Ephesians. I think we have Ephesians um, chapter 3. It says this. His prayer is that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, which is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, goes on to say, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Now watch, we get in church, we read that verse, and we get, we're around other people of faith, and we're, we're going, yeah, this, almost like this, like, like, amen, right? Like, yes, I want this. I want to be full. Like the scripture says that the, Paul the Apostle is praying this over, like, just to the church, is going, be filled, but not just filled, watch, with all the fullness. You know you're so, you're, you're really filled when you're filled with all the fullness. Like, I'm not just, I'm not just full, I'm filled with all the fullness, I'm filled with all the fullness. I got so much fullness that you bump into me, and I'm so filled with all the fullness of God that when you bump into me, you got me. We might get some on you. This might spill out. This might. I might show up on Monday and be like, like dripping fullness all over people that are walking by me because I'm so filled with all the fullness. And I think we get in church and we get around a, a preacher going, he's preaching. God wants you full, and God wants you experiencing His fullness. And we're going, Amen, Amen, Amen. Okay, but then here's the problem: in church, you're filled with faith and you're filled with fullness and hearing God's word and you're reading scripture and you leave on Sunday and you show up on Monday. Where's the preacher? Where's that worship? You know, where's that? And come on, be honest. Sometimes there's a disconnect, isn't there, between what we're reading about how we can be living and what we're actually experiencing in the reality of how we are living. There's a disconnect. Like, like think about uh, John, John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says this, says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus speaking says, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So in other words, like you've been living your life, hitting your head against the ceiling and doing everything you can. And every time you hit your head against the ceiling, you go, there's more to life, but I don't know what it is. And I just keep feeling suppressed by the world around me. And I'm not quite getting from the world, you know, the things that I know I need, I need. And you keep hitting your head up against the ceiling. And then Jesus says, comes along and says, hey, by the way, I've come to give you a life literally through the roof, through, through the little ceiling you keep hitting your head up against. I've come to give you life and life to the full. By the way, full, like, like full to the fullness kind of full. 
But you read that, and it sounds great, and we all say amen, but what some of us do is we hear it, but we go and experience something completely different from what we're hearing on Sunday morning. Now, you don't have to say amen, but just go, oh, like, right? True? And so I just want to help us figure this out. Like, if this is how we're supposed to be living, why am I not experiencing what it is I'm supposed to be living? Why is there a disconnect? Why, if we were honest, we would say, I don't really connect with the word fullness in my life. I connect more with maybe some of you. Come on, be honest, brokenness. I connect with with a restlessness, a discontentedness, just constantly gnawing at me in my life. And if I'm honest, I, there's this disconnect between what I read and what I'm actually living. And it's not spiritual to admit that. So here's what we do. Yes, I read your mail. I know what you do. I know what you do. You, you feel empty and hurt and broken, but you show up to church and you say, I'm good and I'm full because the Bible says I'm supposed to be full. So I'm full and I'm happy and I'm smiling. But inside there's brokenness and there's hurt and there's, there's just some some stuff happening below the surface that maybe you don't even want to talk about and you can't, even, you can't even really admit because it's not spiritual to admit. It's not spiritual to admit that, that I'm not living from that place of fullness. So you're putting on the face, you're saying all the right things and you're putting on the good show, but the reality is you know you're not full. We've got to get this figured out. Here's, why, here's one of the, why this is so important. Because if you don't get this figured out, listen, if you don't learn to live, and we're going to in this, in this series, if you don't learn to live with a full heart, you're going to end up with an empty bucket. Because here's what happens, right? You got your bucket, and it's empty. And so now, now you're running around, and this is the description of so many. This isn't just young people today. This isn't just the, the other generation. This is all people everywhere today. If you are not living from the fullness that God wants to give you, you have an empty bucket and you're running around going, going will, 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 will you fill my bucket? Will, will, will you help me? Will, can, will you accept me? Please, 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 please. What do I got to do to get you to accept me? What, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to fit in? I just want to be a part. Will you, oh, maybe, maybe you, would you help me? Well, would you look my way? Would you love me? Would you, would you accept me? Would, and, and you run around with your empty bucket trying to get full from those who actually can never fill you. So you're showing up to work just hoping maybe if I say the right things and I do the right things, then they'll look at me the right way and I'll be part of the thing and then they'll invite me to lunch and maybe, maybe if I show up and I do the stuff at school that I know I probably shouldn't do, but I'm going to do it because I need and I need and I need and I need and you're operating out of a place of need because when you're empty, then you need. But see, if you could learn to live full, if you could learn to live full, what would it look like you show up in a room already full? Come on. Hey, I don't need you to accept me. I'm already accepted. I don't need you to approve. I'm already approved. I don't need you to love. I don't need you to love me. I'm already loved endlessly, unceasingly. Like, I'm already, I'm over full. I'm, I'm already full. I don't need. Now, let's be honest. I'd like it. But I don't need it. I'd like it. But I don't have to have it. Why? Because I, in Christ, already have everything I could possibly need. I'm overflowing with all that I need. Because all I need is him. And he's the only one that could fill my bucket. See, and this is the, this is the cycle that so many people get stuck in. I'm telling you. They're so hungry to f- know what it's like to be full. 
And so they go and they try everything the world's offering. Think about how foolish this is. I need to be full. I think that maybe if I get enough of that, it'll make me feel full. So I go get some of that and that doesn't do it for me. So I tell myself what I need is more of the thing that's not doing it for me. It's foolish. And yet it's our world. Running around in this cul-de-sac of insanity going, I just, maybe, maybe something, maybe someone, maybe, maybe somewhere else, maybe. And, and you, you, you find yourself living from this place of desperation. Come on, church. God doesn't want you running around desperate for anything other than him. Because only he can fill you full and overflowing with Filled with all the fullness of God. You can learn to live that way. And when you learn to live that way, congratulations. You could walk out now and you could go just start firing everybody else. Some of you need to go on a firing like bent. Like ben. You just go, hey, hey, dear boss, you're fired. Like, I, listen, I'm, I don't need it. I don't, it would be nice to have it, but I don't need it because I'm full already. I, I don't need Hey, dear friends, you're fired. Dear family, done. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to let you go out for this job anymore. Like, you don't get this job. You're, you're fired. I don't need your acceptance. I don't need your approval. I like it, but I don't need it. You see, because I already have everything I need. Dear Instagram, you're fired. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't need to try to live up to all your little cropped pictures of your perfect life. Why don't you zoom back a little bit and show me what's really happening in your house? Like, like, don't give me that pretty picture. Oh, come on. I'm talking to somebody. You look, they went on a better vacation than I did, and their kids are always put together. No, they just got a nice little filter on everything. I'm telling you, don't judge your life by everybody else's highlight reel, okay? Hey, dear TikTok, I don't need you. Maybe if I unpost and repost, then more people will. Maybe if I, who cares? I already have everything I need. And I want you to live that way. And that's, why this, that's why I'm doing this series. Like how, how, how can we learn to live that way? I'm just going to give you one thought today and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour over you God's word. Can I do that real quick? Here's the thought and then I'm going to just open God's word. Here's the thought. Okay, ready? You're going to walk out of here living in fullness. How? Okay. Stop. Listen, listen. You're going to stop something, start something. Stop. You're gonna, here's what you're going to stop. Ready? Stop doubting. Stop doubting. Start. Start what? Start resting. Stop doubting. Start resting. Stop doubting. Start resting. Stop doubting what God has said about you. Stop doubting where you stand in Christ. Stop doubting what is yours. Stop doubting. Stop doubting. Stop. Start resting in what Christ has said about you. Start resting in what God has said is yours. Stop. Start resting. Listen, if you can stop doubting and start resting in, it changes everything. Like, if you genuinely believe what God said about you is true, you will walk out full. You're just confident. When I, when I was about, about 10 years old, uh, how many of you know my dad? My, come on, my dad. Some of you know my dad. If you know my dad, let me hear you. Let me, like, you know my dad, you love my dad. If you know my dad, you love my dad. Now, listen, if you know my dad, you know he's pretty, he's pretty wild. He's a lot of fun. I walk in sometimes uh, on Sunday morning, and uh, if he got a hold of the sound system, you're listening to Eddie Van Halen or something like that. My dad is church. Turn it up. No, I'm just kidding. Dad, um, and he just loves, just loves, loves life and loves how 
fun. And so I'm about 10 years old, and the neighbor kid is picking on me. He's a big kid. He's, about, he's two, two grades uh, above me. And when you're young, that's a lot. Like, they're big. And I was a, I was a, not only was I a little guy, I was a little, little guy. You know what I mean? Hey, can we play? And, you know, just not cool. And so I am now, so stop, everybody. Stop. But, but um, he's two grades older than me, and I can't remember what I did, but I, I had a mouth on me, guys, and God has redeemed it. I, I now use it in the right way, but I, I talked a lot, and I'd get myself in a lot of trouble. And uh, so I was saying something to this guy, this neighbor, neighbor boy. He got up and chased me around the yard, threatening to kick my butt, right? And so I'm running around the yard as fast as I can and screaming like, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to die. He gets a hold of me, and it's over. So I run into my house. I'm like, Dad, 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 the neighbor can't. He's like, calm down, calm down. What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, Dad, the neighbor. And he's like, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, okay. He's like, I go, Dad, what'd I do? What'd I do? He wants to kill me. Dad, you going to beat me up. Did you see how big he is? And my dad said, here, what are we going to do? He leans down. This is, this is my dad, o- oaky wisdom right here. He goes, here, what you do? You can go out there, and you're going to kick him. I said, what? <laughs> to my dad, what? He says, go kick him. I'm like, ah. And then he said this. He goes, here's the deal. I've taught you this. Because we were doing, like, karate classes. He's like, I taught you this. <laughs> all you parents don't absorb this into your parenting techniques, all right? But it worked. He said, I taught you this. I taught you that kick. But, but Dad, what if, what if I would? Some of you got the world picking on you all the time. You know the enemy's greatest tactic is he's going to whisper to you lies. He's going to whisper to you. He's going to um, try to get you to believe things that are actually not true. He's going to try to cause you to doubt. Because if he could cause you to doubt, man, he's he picking on you all the time. He caused you to doubt. That if he caused you to doubt, you live in a place of defeat. And then you walk around empty. That's where he wants you all the time. So the, the world, just like that neighbor, always picking, always picking, always threatening, always threatening, always threatening, always threatening. And see, here's what I didn't realize is that when I ran into my dad and got, dad, what do I do? And he says, you go back up and you stand. I'm like, how am I going to stand? How am I going to stand? Here's what he said to me. I'm behind you the whole time. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to crack open the door and I'm going to watch. And if things, start, if things start going south, I want you to know I got your back. And I went like this. I walked out there to that two grade older than me. How dare you pick on me? Filled with so much confidence. My bucket was full. So much confidence. And he's like, looking at me like, what? You ran away crying, now you're standing here. Well, he didn't know. My dad's watching. And I squared up with him. And I kicked him as hard as I could. And the way my dad taught me, right in the chest. He backed up a little bit. Like, oh my gosh. This, I know what he's thinking. This kid knows karate. I'm in trouble. Like I said, that was a legitimate Best I've ever seen karate kick right there coming out of that kid. So he backs it twice. He looks at me, and then I'm standing there going, that's all I got. <laughs> and he started chasing me around that yard. Do you know what I said? Dad! Dad! And my dad came running out, and he pulled that kid off me. He said, I told you I got you. I told you I got you. I told you I got you. Listen, some of you, you need to realize God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. And you need to live a life in a way you're just walking around. Bring it. I know who's got my back. I know what's true. I know that this is not about me and my strength trying to pull off something. This is about my dad. The fact that I'm his son. 
And he's never going to leave me and forsake me. And he's always with me. And, and he's walking with me. And he loves me regardless. And, and he's, he's, he's never taken his eye off me. I'm the apple of his eye. He, he's, he's infatuated with me. And, and by the way, he's bigger than anything this world can throw at me. He's, he's bigger than any lie this world could whisper at me. You see, I'm walking in a, in a confidence. A confidence. Someone say a confidence. 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 See, you've got to allow yourself to walk in confidence in some things that God has said over you in order for you to live in the life that God envisions for you. It's a fullness of life. So here's some things, I'm gonna open God's word to you. Here's what God has said about you. You ready? Say, I'm ready. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. You need to understand this. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. In other words, when you have committed your life to Jesus, you got a few things. In Christ, you're gonna walk in confidence, ready? In Christ, man, I have a new start. Let me explain this to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, therefore, as anyone is in Christ, he is, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All old things have passed away and all things have become new. Some of you need to hear that today because you have an enemy whispering to you, telling you, oh, you're not new. You're, you're still the old you. Look at, look at the tendencies you have and look what you just thought about this morning. And don't tell the pastor about what you did in the car on the way here. So you're not new. You're not new. Listen, Christ says, no, you are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. They're done. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes those old tendencies come back and try to try to pull you down. But that's all they are. Old tendencies. That's not the me. That's the me before God got a hold of me twitching a little bit. And you know what the Bible says? You reckon the old man dead. It's the old man. That's the, that's the old me. What do I have in Christ? I am a new creation. And some of you need to hear that today. You are a brand spanking new person when you are in Christ. Come on. It's all gone. So don't let the enemy's holding it over you. Some of you right now, I know he's whispering to you. Oh no, you still are that. And he's going to tell you maybe a tendency that you once gave yourself to, and now you don't give yourself to, but you still struggle with. The enemy's going to say, no, you are that. And you say, no, I'm not. I'm a new creation. That's the old me. That's the, 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 the gone be me. I'm new. And it's not, think about it this way. It's not you like, like, I think, I think people think I give my life to Jesus and he gives me, he gave me a second chance. You've heard that, right? Like God's the God of second chances. He is. Thank God that he's the God of second chances and third chances, fourth chances. But this is bigger than a second chance because a second chance makes it sound like God gave you a first chance and you blew it. He given you a second chance. You better not blow it. So we're all living in our second chance, hoping we don't blow it. That's not, that's not proper theology. You don't have a second chance. You're not, a, you're not like, a, like an upgraded version of the old you. You're not like, like a new software update, Chris Norman. No, this is, you're looking at a brand spanking new, born again, Chris Norman. I'm, I'm brand new. You're brand new. You are new. Come on, you get it? In Christ Jesus. This isn't like, don't mess up your second chance. No, you are new. You're born again when you've given your life to Jesus. It's an actual new life in Christ. And my friend, those old things don't mark you anymore. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 11 says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Just listen for a second. Don't be deceived, neither sexual and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor 
sexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor rivals, nor swindlers. And the scripture just goes on. No, these, these people who run around giving into their lusts, and he says, they're not going to enter the kingdom of God. It's just, and you're going, oh my gosh, we're all, we're all in hurt. See, in the world's running around, there's so many people going, this is who I am. I, I am, I am my struggle. I am my, I am my tendency. I am my, you know, whatever it is you're wrestling with. Stop identifying with your, with your, with your struggles. Stop finding your identity in, in the things that you um, wrestled with. The scripture is saying, those who are those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But watch what he says, watch. And such were some of you. Hold up, hold up. He's going, some of you were struggling with homosexual tendencies. Some of you were struggling with uh, lust and pride. And some of you were struggling with, but guess what? That tendency doesn't mark you. That's who you maybe used to be. But in Christ, you now once were those things because now you're not those things. You're a new you. You see, and it goes on to say this. You were washed. How did the transformation take place? I was washed. Jesus washed me in his grace and his mercy. I was washed and I was sanctified and I was justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. I am washed, sanctified, justified. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And some of you need to start walking around, standing in and resting in the fact that you are new. Let me tell you this, listen, you're a, you've got a new, you're a new creation and you have a new status. Do you need a new status? You got a status upgrade, everybody. When you gave your life to Jesus, listen, you are a child of God. You're a son and daughter of the king and you need to know that. You walk in confidence with that. First John 3, 1 says this, behold what manner of love the father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God and I love that he adds this, and so we are. So you're not just called the child of God, you are a child of God. And let me, let me help you with this. You can, there's nothing you can do to make yourself more of a child of God than you are right now. Like you are God's kid. He adopted you into the family. You are his and there's nothing you can do to shake yourself out of the family, to get yourself away from the family. You're just God's kid. And you, some of you just need to rest in that today. Some of you are striving so much for a thing that already, something that already belongs to you. Um, I got three kids. They're not all perfect. One of them almost is. But last service said, which one? Um, not telling you that. I'm kidding. They're all great. But if one of them gets in trouble, listen, if one of them is doing something wrong, if, if Elias, let's just pick on Elias for a second. Poor Elias, love him. But if Elias does something off and wrong, the conversation I have with him is not, boy, if you want to be back in this family, if you want me to be your dad, then you better stop and you, you better get your stuff. If I'm going to be your dad, then you better. That's not the conversation, everybody. The conversation is, son, I love you. No matter what you do, you're stuck with me. I'm your dad, whether you like it or not. I'm your father. You're my son. And there's nothing you can do to shake that. You see, you are my child. Church, listen, God just wants to tell you, I know, I know you've been wandering, you made some things and you've done things and done this, but listen, you're my child and my eye is on you and I, come on, 
am never giving up on you. And some of you just need to rest in the fact that you belong to him. You have a new status. You have a new start. You have a new status. You have a new start. You have a new status. Come on, can I help you? Some of you need to rest in this. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Remember, the enemy is always going to whisper to you, no, you're not. You need to do more, and you haven't proven it yet, and have you really repented? And the enemy is always going to whisper. Why? Because he wants to cause you to doubt, because if he causes you to doubt, you're going to walk around living from empty, and if you're living from empty, you're going to look to the world to get full, so he's always going to whisper to you, no, you're not totally forgiven. You're not totally forgiven. You've got to do more. You've got to, come on, penance. You've heard of penance, right? You've got to do, no, no, no. The Bible says that in Christ, you are forgiven. Psalm 103, 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He's just, you guys, I'm glad he said east, west. He said north. If you start going north, you can start going south again. But he said, no, east, west. You go east, you're always going east. West, you're always going west. He says, that's how far I've removed your transgressions from you. In Christ, you are forgiven. Maybe some of you have come in here crippled today by your past. I mean, there's deep hurt and there's deep pain, a ruined relationship. Maybe you've had an, an, uh, things you've done that you regret. You've had an abortion or whatever it might be. And that stuff is the stuff the enemy's whispering to you to try to get you to doubt that you're forgiven. And you just need to hear me today. In Christ, he no longer holds it over you. And therefore, you don't have to live under it. He holds it over you no longer. You don't have to live under it any longer. I am, you are in Christ forgiven. And some of you, you need to let the guilt and the shame just roll off you today. You walk around confident in who you are in Christ. Come on, I got a new start. I got a new status. I'm a child of God. I am forgiven. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen? Like, thank you, God. Can I give you a couple more? I just want you confident. Rest in these things. Don't doubt these things. All I'm doing, I'm just opening up God's words, what he says about you. Let me help you with this one. You are righteous. So, a lot of Christians don't understand this. A lot of Christians think they're working for righteousness. Righteousness is your right relationship with God. So a lot of us think, I got to go to work. I got to work for my righteousness. No, what you have as a believer is what's called the imputed righteousness of Christ. It's Christ's righteousness placed on you. This isn't even about your righteousness. Matter of fact, scripture says your righteousness is as filthy rags. Like if you're going to lean into what, if you're going to go, God, look at me, look how, look how good I am, look how righteous I am. He's going, nah, nah, it doesn't add up. What you have as a believer, by faith in Christ, is the imputed righteousness of Christ given to you free. Not free because Jesus paid for it to make it free for you, but it's free to you by his grace. You are righteous in Christ. What about and, and what if? And, and No, no, no. It's not what about. It's not about what if. It's about what he's accomplished for us on the cross. He said on the cross, he said, it is finished. What was finished? Everything that needed to be done in order to call you righteous. Christ did it on the cross. See, I think there's so many people who show up to church. Come on, listen to me. And you're here, there's two types of people here today. There's some of you that showed up to church and you're like, God, look at me. I'm doing it again. And, and God, am I getting closer? And, and God, do you love me more? And God, can I have more favor on my life? And, and God, do you see what I'm doing, Lord? And what you're doing is you're trying to hold up your righteousness to God. Like, God, please accept me. God, God, I, I think I might give a little more today. Maybe, maybe I'll start serving. God, 
God, am I, am I getting closer, Lord? Am I? Do you remember, how many of you guitar players, remember the song, Stairway to Heaven? Come on, come on, admit it. The first song you learned was Stairway to Heaven. Let me see your hand. Come on, God bless you. Let me see your hand. A couple of us. Yeah, you're right there, you're right there. Um, I think a lot of us, um, we might not be playing it on guitar, but we're doing it in our life. Like we just think there's a stairway. So you're taking really good notes in church. Pastor said do this, and I gotta, I'm gonna read my Bible more. And now I'm gonna show my money. God, look at me. Look, I'm doing it. God, 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 will you accept me? God, God, look at me. God, I'm trying so hard. God, I'm trying so hard. And God, I'm showing up to church again. Look, I came early. I came early, and I'm, 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 I'm singing all the right songs. And you're, you're living that way. Well, that's, that's you living in your righteousness. I need you to hear this. No, stop. God said you are righteous in him. You're already accepted. You're already, you're already anchored into heaven. You're, his eyes already on you. Like You can never have more of God's love on your life than there is right now. You can never make yourself more of a child of God than you are right now. And you, you got to stop striving. you got to start striving. And you're just resting. And so some of you are shown at a church like that. You know, they, they would put in, in at a... Uh, in like Guitar Center or whatever for us. I don't I haven't been in it for a long time, but they used to put up a sign that said, no stairway to heaven. Please no stairway to heaven, right? It's a joke. I mean, I think it needs to be hung in the church. Listen, please, everybody, no stairway to heaven. Like, don't come here trying to earn from God something you can never actually earn from. You cannot ever do enough good to get yourself in, to make yourself love, to make, stop. See, some of you are doing this. Others of you, you're showing up to church like this. Oh my gosh, can you believe what Jesus did for me? Like I was lost and hurting and deprived and I had no idea what I was doing and I was running to the world with my empty bucket and then I, Jesus, he went to the cross on my behalf. He gave his life in my place. He died in my place so I could be forgiven and washed and cleansed. I've been forgiven. I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I'm a, I got a new start. I got a new status. I'm, I'm, I'm I can't wait to get to church. I, I can't wait to worship. I can't wait to get into God's word. I'm just so in love with him. I love him. Why? Because he first loved me. I'm just in love with God. You see, and now I've moved, watch, from religion that tells me get to work and into relationship where it's like, God, I don't know why. I don't know why you keep loving on me. I don't know why you don't quit on me. God, I don't know why, but Lord, if you're not quitting on me, I'm not going to quit on you. God, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to keep pressing in. You see, because listen, in Christ, in Christ, I have a new start. I have a new status. I'm forgiven. And in Christ, I am righteous. Please let me say this one last thing in this. If you, if you tell yourself, I'm going to do this, and you're going to live in that first half, stairway to heaven, make it happen, here's what's happening. Is you are putting more faith in your righteousness than the righteousness of Christ. You're saying in that, here's what you're saying. You're saying that what Jesus did was not enough. I need Jesus and. And some of you get so messed up in this because nothing on this side of the planet works that way. On this side of the planet, it's like, you do, you get. You do, you get. God says, no, I do, you get. And so now all of a sudden we go like, what? Because I do, you get. This isn't about you. And you have to bring yourself to the place where you rest in that or else you're declaring to God, no, yeah, God, thank you for the cross, but I need Jesus and. 
and I got, I got to start working, and I got to start, I got to start, God, God's going, come on. Do you know what your righteousness is? Says it's filthy rags. It'll never accomplish anything. Matter of fact, do this study. Go look at what the Bible calls dead works. You know what a dead work is? We're going to work, aren't we? Come on, guys, aren't we? We're going to serve. We're going to do, share the love. We're going to work, but that work is not being done to earn God's favor. That work is being done because I have so much favor, Right? A dead work is any work you do trying to earn God's favor, trying to earn God's love, trying to anytime you're striving yourself to say, God, love, 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 love. God's going to say dead work because there's nothing you can do. What, the only thing you can do, come on, is this preaching okay? Is rest, 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 trust in what he's already given you. Sit under the flow of that unmerited favor and grace that God is pouring out upon your life because of what Jesus did on the cross for every single one of you. You are righteous in him, in him. Come on. You getting filled up a little bit? I want you walking out full, living full. Understand this. In Christ, as the worship team comes up, you're not done. You need to understand that too. I think a lot of Christians are living out of empty because they don't understand this principle in God's word. In Christ, he, you're not done. He's still working on you. Let, let me read this verse to you, Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6 says this. Being confident. Church, please, can I talk to you? Listen, look at me. Paul the apostle, he's sitting in prison, and everything in his circumstances says, well, this is a mess. This isn't working out. God must be bailed on you. Come on, be, be honest with yourself. If you say you love God, and then like your next week looks like you getting arrested, thrown in prison, like you're like shackled to another Roman soldier, like I would say about half of us, of 90% of us would just be going, God, you don't love me anymore. God, where are you? And God, because we're doubting God, we're doubting God. But here's Paul. He's just like, yeah. That Roman soldier's not chained to, I'm not chained to him, he's chained to me. If I'm chained to, God put him here. By the way, do you know Jesus? This is Paul, how he lived. He's so confident. What's he confident of? How is he walking with so much gusto in his life? How is he in prison going, hey, but don't worry about me, I'm confident. I want to get you there. Here's what he's confident of. Paul goes, here's what I know. I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in me, will, will, will carry it out. He started it. He's going to finish it. He started it. He's going to see it all the way through to completion. He's not like, you know, them husbands starting them jobs on the house. Hey, honey, would you fix the thing in the living room? They start on it and they get going and it's still sitting there for another three weeks and they forget all about it. And pretty soon it's never happening. Come on. I'm talking to somebody. God's not. God is going, no, I started it. I'm going to finish it. And you're not, listen, you're not going to stop me, God says. Paul goes, I'm just confident of that. I'm confident that God is working in all of this. God works all things together for good to those who love and are called according to his purpose. And if I'm moving through something, through something, I'm not going to stay in the something. I'm moving through the something because he sees something. See, I'm confident. He began a good work in me and he will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's my question for you. Listen, who's doing the work? Jesus is doing the work. Oh, I know, I know that you, you got the job of saying yes. 
but he's doing the work. He's the one that's been working on your heart. He's the one that's been drawing you here. He, he's the one that, some of you, there's so many, some of you are new at Citizen Church, and you're like, yo, I came to church. Oh, no, listen, here's what happened. God been hunting you down, and you finally surrendered. Like, God's like, you showed up. God, God brought you here. God brought, I found God. No, 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 you stopped running. That's all, that's all you did. What he's been doing this the whole time. Oh, he sent that friend, and he sent that, and you saw the thing. You think you just happened to see the invite? No, God put that there. You see, he's doing the work. He's doing the work. He started it. And he's never going to quit on it. And so you might wander. You might make bad decisions. And you might make, and you kind of, here's what I'm going to tell you something. Tell you, is you're never going to get yourself so far gone and lost that God's just like, I don't know what to do with them. Here's what I tell you, is no matter how far you wander, no matter how far off you get, there is God in heaven on your tail seeking to bring you home and bring you back and continue the work that he started in you. He started it. He's going to be faithful to complete it. He's still working. He's still working. And I don't care how lost you get. I'm telling you, if your navigation system can recalculate your route, don't you think God in heaven can recalculate your route and get you right back to where you need to be? He started the work. And he's going to finish the work. See, walk around just going, God's got this. Some of you put, you, you put way too much stock in you. Well, I messed it up and I didn't. And I, and I don't. Stop. This is not about you. Stop making it about you. It's about God who's in love with you. It's about God in you. It's about God through you. It's not about you. The best thing you can do you just stay surrendered. Okay, God. I'm just going to live in this confidence. Being confident, being confident, being confident, being confident. Man, I got a new start. I got a new status. Man, I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. He's not done working on me. And I want to say this last thing to you. You need to rest in this. Friend, please. You are John 4.10, in this is love. Not that we loved God, pay close attention, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. You're going to show up to some churches and they're going to tell you, go love God and you need to love God more and you're not doing enough to love God and if you just read your Bible more and if you just, and if you would give more and if you serve, you're just not loving God enough. You're not, and, and you're going, hold on, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I got to go love God, go love God, love God. Sure, sure, sure. But did you hear what scripture said? We love him because he first loved us. And so we don't preach, go and you better than you. There's what we preach. God loves you. So infatuated and in love with you. God did not, listen, create humanity to love him. Yes, he says, go love him. But it's on the premise of the fact that God himself, the Bible says that God is love. He's so overflowing with goodness and vastness and, and riches and love that he's like, I'm going to create humanity to love on them. I got I to gotta find somewhere to put all this. I'm going to put it on people. Favor and grace and love and come on. And some of us need to rest in that. Man, 
You are loved. You are loved. Come on, you are loved. You are loved. There's nothing you can do to shake his love. You're the apple of his eye. He won't abandon you. He won't forsake you. His eye is on you. And you need, friends, to walk around with a little bit of confidence in the fact that what God says is true. And when the enemy comes and whispers to you and says, it's not, and you messed it up, and you're too far gone, and if you would, and you just say, no, I'm done. I'm done living under the lies of the enemy. I'm going to hold to the truth of God's word that tells me who I am in Christ. Nothing can earn me more favor because it's unmerited. It's unmerited. Do you know what grace is? Unmerited favor. In other words, you go, but I don't deserve it. That's the point. You can't deserve it. It's unmerited favor and grace from God that says, I'm showing up whether you like it or not. I'm just, I'm going to, like, as, as relentless and unceasing as the waves are upon the sea, so is God's grace upon humanity. Just washing over and over and over and over and over and washing and cleansing and forgiving and healing and sustaining and God just showing up in your life over and over. And you, my friend, what God asks you to do is rest. He's your Sabbath rest. You rest in him. Come on. I want you to live with a little gusto. You go out there just, this isn't about me. Oh, I figured out in church today. Guess what? It's not about me. It's about who's watching over me. It's about who's got my back. Stop making it about you. Make him the center of attention in everything in your life. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. It will always be Jesus. When I go preach the gospel to somebody, I'm not talking to them about how good I am. I'm talking to them about how good he is. I know the person talking to you is pretty messed up, but he's not, right? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Stop doubting. Start resting. God, we love you so much, and we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your work in our life that we can never earn. God, you love your people. God, you love me. I don't deserve it. I, all of us have wandered and God, we've done our own thing. And, and yet, God, you're relentless in your love. You hunt us down to bring us back. You, you, you're a good father. And God, today we just pray. I pray for every, first of all, for every believer in here today that has found themselves in a place where, God, they just feel a little empty. God, remind them today how precious they are to you. Remind them today that, that, that there's a cross that stands on the timeline of humanity that forever declares, I love you, I love you, I love you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I began a good work in you. I will bring it into completion. I, I, I'm not done yet. You're in this situation right now and it doesn't look good, just like Paul in, in prison. And it just, but here's Paul's just going, but I'm confident. I want you, God, God, would you make your people confident in what you say over us? 
And God, would Citizens Church be a people who walk in the truths of Scripture? Spoken over us. God, set some hearts free right now. Come on, if that's you, just confess to God. God, I need that. God, forgive me for doubting. I want to pray for any of you in here today that you've been running around. You're that person in the beginning that's got that empty bucket. You're running around going, trying to fill that bucket with things that can never actually fill that bucket. You're, you're at work and this people group and, and these, these friends and, and, and you're, just, you're, you're looking in places of this world to fill you and friend, they never will. Come on. And there's some of you, you, you identify with that. Like, that's me. I'm doing that. And friends, I'm, I'm here to tell you enough's enough. Like, come to the end of it today. Stop trying to get from the world what only God alone can give you. Let today be the day you say, you know what? I'm going to turn from trying to get fulfillment from all the things of this world, and I'm going to choose instead to come to Jesus. I'm going to say yes to him today. Now I'm going to let him wash me and cleanse me to create in me a pure heart. I'm going to let him fill me today. Listen, if that's you, I'm going to pray here in a minute. I'm going to lead you in prayer. Surrender your life to Jesus. And if this morning you're saying, you know, Pastor Chris, I want to be included in that prayer. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm done running to this world. And I want to choose instead to turn to him. If that's you, come on, would you let me know today that you want me to pray with you? If that's you, would you slip up your hand nice and high so I can see it? God bless you, sir. And you over here, a couple over here. Come on, I see you. God sees you. Anyone else? Come on, nice and high. Come on, awesome. God's going to forgive you and wash you and cleanse you right now. He's going to bring you into the kingdom. He's going to fill you overflowing. Anyone else? Come on, last minute. God bless you over here. Awesome. Greatest decision. Greatest decision you could ever make. Come on, right now. So you do a bit of sin with God. I'll give it one more second. Okay. If you lift your hand, I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. Even if you didn't lift your hand, would you just repeat and pray? Come on, tell God right now. You're surrendering to him. Here's what you say. Let's pray this prayer. Say, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I know that you've got more for me. And so today, I choose to surrender my life to you. I know that I've done wrong things. I've gone my own way. But I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on my behalf and giving your life in my place that I can be forgiven. God, would you forgive me today? Would you wash me and cleanse me? And Jesus, I thank you for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. Would you fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Come on, say, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, and amen. Let's celebrate with all those that made that decision today. Come on, church. Rip the roof off the place, amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, 
please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on